and welcome back to the second podcast helping us think through the challenges facing the Church of England and how they impact us all at JPC. Yep, hi, I'm Laura Robb and with me is Fee Jameson. We've already recorded one podcast on this issue. We interviewed uh, Jonathan Pryke, so do listen to that episode first, if you haven't already, as it really helps with understanding the whole context of what we'll be addressing today. Yes, because in this episode we're going to be discussing some of the pastoral questions that have been raised and questions and concerns that have come from members of JPC as we've discussed the changes to sexual ethics that the bishops have proposed. Great. So in order to do that, we've asked uh, Liz Jackson to join us today. Liz is our women's worker and a member of senior staff at JPC. She's also a school governor, a mum to teenagers, a wife to a university archaeology professor, and so she's acutely aware from all sides of the reality of the changes in sexual ethics um, and how they impact uh, the world all uh, around her. So Liz, welcome. Thanks. That's uh, a great introduction. I think you missed out a few details. My love of bobble hats. <laughs> She's actually wearing a bobble hat yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, my addiction to coffee. Just yeah. finished. Just but, finished. Yep. Yeah. Hi, great to be on your podcast. Brilliant. Thanks for joining us. So we'll look at questions that were on the Slido um, earlier this year at the church meeting. Um, questions relating to more of the compassionate and uh, care side rather than uh, the in-depth practicality stuff uh, that we looked at in the last episode. Um, we'll maybe look and have time to think about some of the uh, maybe real ways that JPC are already supporting members in our midst. Um, yeah, so Liz, is there anything that you want to say before I ask you our first uh, particular question? Yeah, that feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's good to get uh, things back on the agenda. Mm-hmm. It's good not just to be thinking about the practicalities of the House of Bishops, even though they're important. It's good to be thinking about the pastoral stuff. Um, and I think we were all struck at that meeting uh, how when we'd had quite a good introduction about the mechanics of things and the politics of things, that on the Slido, that first question came up and it just went up through the ranks, didn't it? It got upvoted, upvoted. And I think we were all struck that at the heart of that discussion, the first question that came out was a pastoral question. Mm. Yeah. Encouraging, isn't it, that that's the first response from our church family. Um, And it's good to think about those things more. We're glad that you're here. How can I see that? (laughs) And the question, I guess, that you were talking about there was this one. Um, So this is... You answered this already at the church meeting, but here it is again. How does JPC intend to show compassion, love and support to members of the church who are same-sex attracted during this consultation and decision-making? Would you be able to give us some of your thoughts again on that? Yeah, obviously, uh, I found it quite nerve-wracking being at the front with the big guns. (laughs) uh, With, uh, I think, Jonathan and Ian. Um, So I can't quite remember exactly... Uh, word for word what I said but it is a it is this question is such an important question it's a beautiful question that we need to keep thinking so it's good to think about it again I think we thought hard about our theology of marriage and how it relates to the same uh, same sex attracted and the debate currently uh, we would affirm marriage and sex difference in marriage between a man and a woman Uh, We take it from Jesus and the apostles and we take it to be something that continues not just 2000 years ago, but also currently relevant now. Um, So we thought hard 
about our theology, I don't think we've thought quite as hard about uh, how our theology shapes our pastoral care, our, how our theology shapes our love for people. And I do think, I think we've been clunky with the way we've talked about these issues. Uh, we've been hurtful um, and at worst, and it's not to over-exaggerate, I think we've uh, been harmful in the way that we've talked about it. And yeah, there's a deep sorrow uh, about how people in our congregation have felt about that. Yeah. I think we need to cultivate a passionate heart towards people in our church family or people that we know um, that are thinking about how they view uh, same-sex uh, marriage and issues of gender differently uh, to how uh, we think about it here at JPC. Uh, we need to remember that people are made in the image of God and are deeply precious um, we need to listen long to people before we jump in. I think we need to speak less. And I do think we need to tread lightly. These are deeply personal issues for people. Mm -hmm. um, lots of people at a younger age are feeling them and thinking about them. I remember at 14 and 15, I was just thinking about uh, watching a bit of telly and... Mm -hmm. yeah going swimming and now our 14 15 16 year olds are having to think about issues of sexuality and identity at a very young age um and we're we're diving into people's inner thoughts and desires and we're cutting people's uh, hearts open and having a rummage around in the way that we talk about it so i think we do need to listen long speak less and tread lightly yeah i think it's interesting you use the word listen long because I sometimes, I wonder whether some of the questions about care at JPC come from the fact that um, as a congregation, <coughs> excuse me, we're not aware of where the listening long, if you like, even could happen. So could you talk about like maybe some of the contexts where you've had the opportunity to listen long and you see, I know with students as, as well, have you had that opportunity with people from our own congregation? Yeah, absolutely. Um... And people tell stories and they don't want to be mid-story interrupted by saying, yes, but do you know this? Or yes, have you read this book? Or yes, have you looked at this scripture? Um, yeah, people want to be heard and people's stories want to be heard. Uh, I think these things are happening at JPC, but they are happening pastorally and privately um, across the church. It's uh, not something public that happens as a as a interview at the front of church but just because we don't see it doesn't mean that it's not happening we don't want to make personal stories just become tokenistic or sermon illustrations they're people's lives um and i think yeah people need to be heard and listened to people need uh to tell their own story but also tell the story of what it's like to be out there in this world growing up in this world uh, that's saturated with uh, differences of opinions and how that feels. Yeah. Faith, mm -hmm. anything to add from the student perspective? Uh, I think just struck more and more that that listening long doesn't happen on a Sunday at the back of church. It happens uh, in the middle of the week or, yeah, at maybe um, unusual times, but just needing to give time and space and needing it to be in people's own time as well um and so yeah being patient letting people have that time and space um and yeah 
I've been deeply aware that we don't know their life and their story. We don't know all the ins and outs of that. And um, so thinking that we can assume things of them and what has happened in their life and how that makes them feel isn't going to be helpful. So giving people just enough space to be able to speak about themselves. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I suppose those both those things feed into... Um, another one of the questions that was on the Slido, which was, um, is JPC a church that would support and love a church member who wants to uphold biblical truth but experiences same-sex attraction? On the evening, that question was answered with a resounding yes. Um, and I guess my experience is that JPC absolutely would love and support someone in this situation, but that we that we don't see it. And that's kind of what both of you have, have touched on uh, in those examples. I don't know, Liz, if you are able to share a bit more about what JPC is already doing to offer support and love uh, for people uh, in this situation that was raised by that question. Um, yeah, so it is, yeah, it's not even a kind of like future question. It is a present question. Mm-hmm. Um, and these conversations are happening Um some people it's happening by just wanting to look into uh, the theology of all connected with marriage and uh, what the New Testament says about it, what Jesus says about marriage, what Paul says in his letters. Some people are just kind of find getting their head around that for the first time. Um, other people are uh, thinking more apologetically about it, alternative uh, views that are out there and why they look attractive and why they are different to what we uphold and we're engaging with um, more affirming positions and getting our head around that so we're not just in our own echo chamber mm-hmm. and then people are talking about it pastorally uh, people are talking about um, their desires and their inner thoughts and how they articulate it as followers of Jesus. Work on your soul and your salvation and put aside the things that the world is is saying. Um, so those conversations are happening. But we also do need, I think, to create a culture where it's easier to have those conversations. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, if for, for me, if I'm someone who might be in the, uh, in the congregation or sitting in the pews saying, yeah, you know, what about me? I'm struggling with this area, but I've got no pastoral support. Like, what, where would you recommend that that pastoral support comes from? And how do people approach that if they're sitting in the pew thinking, this is me, but I don't know where to ask for help? Yeah, great question. <laughs> <laughs> Stalling. Big question. Stalling for thoughts. Great question. I think we create if we create a culture at JPC uh, where we are relationally strong with each other, where we're not just, um, you know, ticking off theological boxes, but actually knowing people and relating to people well. Create a culture where there's um, an openness about these issues. There's not a secrecy or an embarrassment uh, so when people can take the plunge and feel that moment of bravery to say or just hint or indicate some area of struggle in this area, um, they're not suddenly crushed or there isn't a resounding silence. So I do think we need to create a culture. And I think that's to do with how we speak about these issues, uh, what phrases we use. We don't want to be lazy and imprecise in the way that we talk about things. So one thing that really struck me talking to somebody once was 
she said to me, when you say you love the sinner but hate the sin, all I hear is that you hate me. And just that profoundly changed uh, the way I thought about things. So even if that feels like a theologically, theologically accurate statement, if all they can hear from it is that they're hated, um, then we need to uh, change the way we speak. I think we need to watch our humour. I think there's a real nervousness around this issue. I think in the world, there's such a sense of like not wanting to be cancelled that when you get into the Christian community, you suddenly lose that um, cautiousness. And, and I've heard jokes about uh, gay people, about the trans culture, where I know that there is some people find the idea of um, trans really... Uh, ridiculous and that translates into humor but we're actually laughing at people's uh, difficulties at people's hurt at people's struggle so I would say we need to watch our humor uh, and we just need to remember that it is not an issue that's out there it's an issue that's in here uh, mm -hmm. it's not a fringe issue, especially, I don't want to sound like a 50-year-old talking about things they don't know about, but Gen Z, it's a huge number of people within the Gen Z demographic. It's not a fringe issue. It's in our church. If people aren't talking about it, it's because they're too scared to bring it up. They're scared that they're going to be unloved and they're scared they're not going to be at the table anymore. And so we need to create a culture where uh, they know that they are loved, they have a voice, they're at the table, uh, yeah, I could go on a bit okay. longer, but <laughs> I'll pause. Yeah, and I suppose that area of wanting people to know that they are loved, I wonder if that's where um, some of these questions have sprung from, because I guess in the past we've heard a lot from the pulpit on sexual ethics that have um, maybe caused people to feel like actually there's a lack of compassion, um, but um, there are these more private conversations happening. Uh, but yeah, talking about the from the pulpit, what that's been like, do you think that's fair that some people feel like there's been a lack of compassion? Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm not in the pulpit and I don't want to just like uh, make some slingshots. But I think our demographic as conservative evangelicals uh, over the last year, I think we have entered into this zone of making same-sex attraction a uniquely sinful category um and we've we've had to talk about these issues we're so we're all around all three of us are grateful for jesmond uh taking a stance and being faithful to jesus and to the apostolic truth so we ha we know we've been in a church that's had to make that stance and had to speak about it but perhaps with that without thinking about its ramifications, we have made same-sex attraction a uniquely uh, sinful category. And when it's affirmed so dramatically and heavily in culture, you are going to have a massive uh, clash. So we need to understand our theology better about sin, about mm. desires, about our own struggles. We need to stop having this idea that... Um, Everybody else is just struggling with the sin of um, wanting too much coffee. And then there's the category out there that's like super, uh, super difficult to um, uh, work with. We're all fallen, forgiven sin sinners, aren't we? And there's nothing uniquely sinful um, about this one sin that yeah. we seem to be pulling out all the time. So I wonder whether, like, just to sort of summarise a bit about where we've, 
where we've got to is that there is a, a theological stand that we make as Christians who believe what Jesus says, what the Bible upholds about marriage. And that is very, very clear. But because of that, sometimes maybe the side that is the compassionate or the pastoral side isn't seen as much. But I suppose what I'm hearing from you is that as someone who's working with, you know, and talking to members of the congregation, um, that that is happening. We have compassionate, caring, pastoral support going on in JPC. It's just that it isn't the stuff that we get testimonies about at the mm-hmm. front, rightly, um, rightly so. Is that a fair that a fair summary that that we get stuff is happening at jpc and it's it is good and it's caring and it's loving but it's not appropriate for the whole congregation to be aware of yeah i i know examples i don't know everything but i know examples enough to say um that's happening um there's some examples where we need to say that we haven't dealt with it well um and we need to say sorry and we need to make progress in this area like we need to break progress with all our pastoral care um, but people in church, I think, are getting alongside one another in the journey of faith, aren't they? Mm-hmm. We're all helping each other with our diff- different struggles. And often that's private. Yeah. We don't hear about that, do we? No. And I think it's the same in this area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've had uh, conversations with um, members of JPC who would have shared how they'd love someone who has... Uh, struggled with this area um, are same-sex attracted and they'd love them to be able to be at the front and share some of their testimony of how they have uh, been helped by people at JPC and, and what it's been like for them as a Christian to be walking with Jesus um, and yeah. yeah I guess that's something which maybe some of us resonate with as well with that yeah why, uh, why a, doesn't that happen do you think well it's interesting isn't it because I think I suppose my reaction to that would be that that's actually quite, um, it's almost like we want like a test case up the front, please, to prove that what, you know, we're talking about and saying is happening at JPC is actually happening. Whereas we're not asking for that, say, from people who have, I don't know, sadly struggled uh, with uh, alcohol or maybe pornography, uh, those who have uh, struggled in different different ways with different sins, we don't ask them to come to the front and bear their bear their struggles to us. And yet, we seem to seem to want someone who's struggling in this area to do that for us to somehow prove that JPC is compassionate. And I and, and I'm not sure that's helpful. And I'm not sure it's something. Maybe one day somebody will want to do that, but that isn't really the answer to the problem of compassionate care I think it's our responsibility you know as we've talked about in the pews all of us to be caring and loving and not judging one another um yeah it's not a it's not a story of how someone came to know Jesus it's Mm -hmm. a story of someone's very personal struggle with a very difficult um issue in their life and we don't expect everybody to get up there and do that with their sin yeah I absolutely agree I think it's a deeply personal issue if I think about the most personal thing that I'm struggling with, the one, two or three most personal things, or you guys do, um, and I'm thankful for the help of the Holy Spirit in me to keep persevering, and I'm thankful for friends who know those things, but they're only a handful, I wouldn't want to be at the front of church sharing them. They're deeply personal. 
Um, I'm not, it's not that you're not thankful for God's help in making progress in life. It's just we need to be careful about putting people up the front to speak about intimate things. And I think these aren't kind of before and after stories like you alluded to, Laura. Then they're ongoing struggles um, that we need to be careful about how we uh, put people in front of an audience to talk about them, I'd say. Yeah, that's really helpful. And maybe that um, ties back to some of the things which we'll maybe come on to and what we've talked about before is that actually the focus of our faith should be should be Jesus and so often when we want to hear people maybe telling testimony from the front what we want them to be doing is talking about the impact of Jesus in mm. their in their life uh, as opposed to the impact of pastoral care at JPC mm. you know let's not let's not lose sight of who our saviour is and and where the power uh, to overcome sin in all our lives comes from so maybe if we go back to some of the questions then that were on the slide Fee, you've got that next one do you want to yeah, um, so this is one which yeah, came back came up in June. Why did no one from JPC staff or leadership team attend the recent, so that was back in June, um, NEGP day on identity, gender and sexuality when this is such a relevant issue for the church? Yeah, so that Christchurch Heaton did that day and they got a guy up called Andrew Bunt um, and uh, many of our congregation, we advertised it in the weekly email many of our congregation went but yeah there wasn't anyone on the senior leadership team I think that went that day I think that's that was a diary issue I think uh, for many of us that had been a quite a busy period and Saturdays are quite precious Uh, but I think the question behind if the question behind that question is are JPC only interested in the theology and not in the pastoral side of things I would just gently say that that in my experience on staff, that's not true. Um, we've all got, uh, I've got the Andrew Bunt book on my bookshelf. We've listened to podcasts. We've read the book. Um, we are working at uh, understanding people's experience in this area and working on how we can be better in that area. So, yeah, it was a, we were so happy to know that Christchurch Heaton were doing that day. And yeah, I'm sorry if people felt like we weren't represented there, but it, I would encourage uh, the thought that we are, it doesn't mean we're not interested in that area and that we're not becoming more and more informed in our reading, in our discussion in our obsession with podcasts <laughs> and uh, and talking to younger people and talking to people uh, of different experiences. So I think that's happening. One of the other great things about that NEGP day was that so many people from our church family uh, were there. And it's not just a, a, a job for church staff to be doing these kind of things. And I've benefited from listening to... Uh, the advice of other people uh, pastorally and also for parenting and um, yeah so it's all in it together and that I mean the guy that spoke there Andrew Bunt I think he's called his book is an excellent if you we haven't talked about resources but like his book is excellent he himself struggled uh, with these issues and I think it's really powerful to read those um, those stories and those uh, writings from people that are struggling with it so I that's a book to recommend the Andrew Bunt one I've also while we're on recommendations really benefited from a guy 
in America writing called Preston Sprinkle. The Mm. biggest, the greatest name. name. (laughs) He wrote a book, uh, People to be Loved. And so the title's so powerful, isn't it? And he wrote another one for teenagers called Struggling in a Grey World. Isn't that a great title? Mm. He's a great name, great titles. He's got a podcast called Theology in the Raw that has just opened my eyes to just so many different issues that our Gen Z is swimming about and know all the lingo for and know all the words for. And I've had to kind of like dive into there and just had a high learning curve about all these things that I just wouldn't come across on, you know, my boring Facebook feeds. So I think I found that really beneficial. I think eventually uh, reading something that helps you understand uh, the New Testament argument. Um, Yeah, because there'll be plenty of people listening who... Um, many of whom may be struggling themselves with same-sex attraction, but many others who will be walking alongside people who are. And um, we do this as a church family together, we're brothers and sisters uh, together. We want to be people who are um, ready uh, to walk um, through a hard journey with others. Um, and we know that resources are really helpful with that, uh, but we want to be um, prayerfully committing one another as well in that um Mm. And yeah, the the Bible is really helpful in reminding us that we are a body together. Uh, we work uh, with each other. We help one another. Um, and Ephesians four helps us remember that the leaders are equipping us for ministry. But some of that ministry we are all doing together. So really great that people were there at that NEGP NEGP day. Mm. Um, and I think we all need to be uh, considering more and more how can we be. Um, better learned and equipped so that we can uh, love and support one another uh, in so many areas yeah. of the Christian life. In every area, isn't yeah. it? It's not just like we've said that this area is in some way distinct or different, but that our Christian lives should be walked alongside each other. And so our pastoral care for one another uh, should be you know, at the forefront of, of what we're doing as church family, as church body as small group leaders, as youth leaders, um, it isn't just a staff responsibility. It, it lies with all of us as being part of Christ's body to care for one another. So I suppose um, sort of bringing the conversation to a bit more of a conclusion, is there, is there anything else that you, know, you would want to say uh, to people um, who are hopefully listening to the podcast, who know people who are struggling in this area, who are struggling in this area, or people who just perceive the way in which JPC is handling it is is a struggle for them? Yeah. Um, I want to say, if you're at JPC and you're struggling in this area and you're coming to us on a Sunday, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, for coming along and for persevering. Um, I want to say sorry if there's times that you've heard things that were clunky, hurtful or harmful. Uh, I want you to know that you are precious to us uh, and that you are loved, that you have a place at JBC um, and we want to hear you and we want to listen to you. Um, I think we want you not to be struggling with this alone um i think i read somewhere that uh teenagers will often take three years to admit to a parent um that uh, they're same-sex attracted that's three years of loneliness and struggle at a young age so i would love you to 
if you're struggling in this area and you do want to talk to somebody, I would encourage you to talk to find um, somebody that relationally you get on well with mm. and open up. Parents, it's an issue for parents. We need to be more honest, talking to one another about what it is to parent our loveliest um, children in this area. And I think, yeah, just I think the gospel is good for people. Uh, the Lord Jesus is just the greatest example of somebody who held well to truth and love um and you know i remember a really significant moment when somebody said to me who struggled getting her head around these issues that they couldn't leave jesus alone jesus was so attractive to her even within all the difficulties of uh, the new testament they just couldn't they found jesus irresistible mm -hmm. so i don't want just to be talking about uh these issues we want to be talking about jesus how his salvation is so good for us and forgiveness is good for all of us and how his care and presence in our life helps us along um, that journey we do need to be we need a healthy position on marriage but also on singleness don't we we yeah. need to keep talking about that we need to talk about friendship we need to talk about community there is a broader dialogue that speaks into these issues apart from the thorny issues of uh yeah new testament exegesis and uh difficulties in theology the lord jesus is so good to us in this area and his church offers us compensations deeply for those who struggle with loneliness or uh, difficulties in relationships and the like mm, great thank you yeah um, Liz, thank you so much for coming and um, for all this uh, really helpful um, thought and wisdom, but also all the time that you spend with people and caring for people. Um, and thank you for reminding us of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, thank you for listening as well to this podcast. Um, and we're hoping that more will be on the way. More will be on the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs>